Hello and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. Today we have another truly remarkable story from just an amazing young woman. Amelia, her name is. I met her this year when she reached out to me. She had read my book, The Disruptive Voices of Fijian Women. She had found the courage to share her own story, so we met up for coffee and she just... Yeah, voiced all that she had been through, and she's only in her early 20s, but from a young age she had experienced abuse and just how that, the ripple effect and how that impacted her as um, a teenager and moving forward into adulthood. I asked her to share her story back in May when we ran an event in Suva called Creating a Healthy Fiji, really encouraging church leaders to come together from across denominations because it's the church's responsibility to create a healthy city and a healthy nation. As goes the church, so goes the nation. And so we were looking at some of these issues around abuse and pornography and there's no greater impactful way to um, be confronted with these issues and hearing stories and that day Amelia shared so powerfully and we filmed it and so we're just going to replay that here on this platform but it's really important that as churches and I guess people ask me why do I make room for such depressing stories well the bible did in fact there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. Lament means just to lift up your cry, to voice your pain and your suffering. And as a church, we need to listen to it. There's five chapters of Lamentations. It's the story of a city, Jerusalem, that was destroyed by the Babylonians. Um, But we'll never fully heal and hope again unless we truly grieve and lament. Weeping remains for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And lament is the honest vocalization of grief to God. Um, And it's quite often done within the earshot of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because as we listen, we can release just the empathy and the love Um, and the forgiveness where there needs to be to those who are speaking. Lament recognises the struggle of life and cries out for justice against existing injustices. Um, And so it's important when we look at, when we open Lamentations, we hear the author of that book, Jeremiah. He is giving voice to suffering, pain and grief. In fact, verse 1 says, How deserted lies the city, once full of people. Lamentations moves us from our comfort zone and into a battle zone to experience the immense pain and suffering of the people of Jerusalem. It doesn't turn a blind eye or sweep under the carpet what has gone on, but it voices the pain of a city. It talks about in chapter 2 how children had to beg for food from their mothers, how young men and women were cut down by swords, how mothers were using their children as food. Uh, It even talks about how the roads mourned and cried out. It's really a city in pain. And so if we're to impact our cities, we actually need to listen to the pain. And it starts right in our families. Um, So many of us don't want to listen to the pain and the abuse that's gone on in our families. We don't want to listen to the pain in our streets. We don't want to listen to the pain in our churches. Um, And this is so sad. I think if we were to go and talk to other people in our cities and ask, is the church known for listening? I don't think we are. I think we're known for speaking and telling people for what they've done wrong. Um, But do we actually sit and listen and allow spaces where people can share their stories? I was so encouraged by a pastor in Suva. I preached at their church recently on 
on abuse and uh, quite a number of women broke down in tears after and obviously I had to leave um, and I came back to Australia but just yesterday this pastor she contacted me and said that she just gathered some of those women over to her house for dinner just to hear their stories to create a space where they could share more deeply with one another with what's going on and to work out a way forward and how they can get healing so thank you for tuning into this podcast these stories aren't always nice they might um, bring up issues in our own life um, but there is help and there is hope. And so I'd love to hear your story. If you have a story, please contact me through Facebook and I'd love to hear your story. So here is Amelia. Greetings to you all. My name is Amelia Nandau. I'm 25 years old. I am the daughter of the Most High God. I would like to thank Ms. Shelton for inviting me to tell my story today. A sincere Gratitude to Miss Shelton and her team who helped me, uh, who helped organize this event. I grew up in a loving Christian home, attended church, which was every home back then, and now Christian Mission Fellowship International. I would wake up early in the morning to do morning prayer as a family. At a very young age, I know the values and importance of keeping God first and having that personal quiet time with God. But as years passed, things started to take a different direction in our family, and so has my life. How and when did the abuse happen? The abuse happened to me at a very young age, three or four years old. While I don't exactly remember the detail because those were suppressed memories of my childhood days. And it only resurfaced up when I started my healing journey. Three different people used to inappropriately touch me a few years later, when I was eight or nine years old, I was sexually violated by someone so close to me whom I trusted. My innocence was taken away from me at a very young age in, by someone in the position of trust in my family. How did the abuse impact my life? It drastically changed my life. I used to feel dirty and feeling of worthlessness and the feeling of shame and guilt that came with it. To cope, I became very rebellious, anger upon anger, towards my mom for always treating me differently from my sisters. And it strained my relationship with my mom, and as a result, I left home to stay with my aunt. I was really bitter with a lot of things and a lot of people. It didn't help that later, my mom and dad relationship turned for the worse. And I blame my dad for a lot of things that went wrong in our family. Years, a year later, my mom passed away, and I also blamed my dad for it. There was confusion and hurt in my life. I was told by some close fam family member that I would never amount up to anything in life. I was driven by bitter and anger and determined to prove them wrong. Bitterness was my drive. With all this hopelessness, I thought the only way out was taking my own life. This was not a success, though. I did not trust easily, especially men. To me, they are all the same. So I lean on to pornography and masturbation instead of facing reality and dealing with the hurt. I held on to that mask and pretend to be happy around people. And it was when the doors are closed that I would just break down and cry. I'd build a wall around my heart. I did not want to laugh so that I would not have to get hurt. But I did fall in love with a guy 
who was somehow part of my healing journey, but it didn't work out between us. I ended that relationship at the beginning of this year when I found out he was still timing me with another woman. As much as I still had feelings and was emotionally attached to that guy, I ended it. I felt I wasn't valued and respected in that relationship. When I ended that relationship, I was broken, I was a mess, and I was so vulnerable, and instead of taking my hurt to God, I took it to the world and to men. I started floating around and looking for something to fill that emptiness. I started seeking validation from men, and I almost messed up, went on a rebound date with a, with a guy and nearly had sex, but God convicted me on the spot. I heard this small yet clear voice telling me, Amelia, you are broken. You, you are vulnerable and stop taking your hurt to the world. I'm here for you. And again, it say, what are you doing right now? This is wrong. You are entertaining sexual immorality. I stopped the guy and told him we cannot have sex because sex is a beautiful thing and should be enjoyed in the context of marriage. And right, and right now we are entertaining sexual immorality. I thank God this guy respected my decision. I had to cut every connection that I have with him because we had crossed the line even as a friend. Two months ago, I almost committed suicide. This was one week after my breakup with my boyfriend. There were voices in my head getting louder and louder and telling me I was not good enough. I was not beautiful enough. I was not even a catch because I am not a virgin. And that is why my ex-boyfriend had found another woman. And voices also tell me me and my siblings were precious enough to make my dad stay. And he moved on to have another family right after we lost mom. And the voices questioning me, Amelia, where is your postgraduate diploma? Now you still haven't had a job. And you are a disappointment to your family. My heart was so stone cold that I just wanted to end it, everything, because I couldn't seem to shut down those voices. And it kept on getting louder and louder. But God came through for me that night using the very ordinary things in life. He sent a guy who is a sailor on that boat to come and ask me to come and drink cover with them. And little did they know I was standing on the trailing to end my life. I knew they were God's send. My healing journey, part one in Samoa, Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I went to Samoa to complete my undergraduate studies, which was part of God's plan for me, and was to return on June 2020, but because of COVID-19 lockdown, I couldn't come back. This lockdown was such a blessing in disguise in my life. God allowed me to cross paths with people who helped me grow spiritually in my relationship with him. I learned my identity as a child of God, and as I healed, which was not a fun process, I was able to do some of the hardest things. I was able to forgive my dad and every person that hurt me in the past. It was not worth holding on to the past hurts, and I realized that my past did not determine my worth, that only in God I am worthy. It brought down the walls I had built over my heart, walls of bitterness and insecurities, and my addictions. My journey to Samoa was not just a journey to study, but a journey of healing and restoration in my life. 
But two, which is in Fiji, Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he who takes refuge in him. During the time of my heartbreak, this Bible verse was reminding me to take refuge in God. A friend also gifted me with one of Miss Shelton's books, and I read and realized there were many other women in Fiji that went through the same thing as me, and some much more worse. And slowly, instead of taking my hurt to the world, I started surrendering my hurt and my emotion to God. And God started opening doors for me. I had a research paper published as part of my internship. God provided me with a job, and God answered so many prayers for me. It was only last month that I started to recommit my life to God. When I heard Pastor Boyla calling for the altar call, I went up and surrendered everything to God. I am now slowly taking one day at a time, and I'm being intentional with my time with God, and I'm still in the process of complete healing, but instead of being a hard charge on myself, I started to remind myself to be grateful no matter what circumstances I'm facing in life, and to focus on God and continue to prioritize my relationship with God. God has been teaching me to die to my flesh daily, as in Romans 8.5, for those who live according to the flesh shut their minds on the things of the flesh, but for those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Also, God has been teaching me to guard my heart, as in Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. What can the church do to help abuse women? In my view, the church can be an effective change agent in bringing light to the darkness of abuse. By declaring and modeling the life-changing power of our relationship with Jesus. Abuse and violence are trade belonging to darkness. The church can teach and promote godly relationship, promote teaching on relationships which are safe and loving. Pastors and leaders can intervene to provide a source to help the victims and teach and hold men to treat women with love, respect, gentleness, and sincerity. There is an opportunity to talk about sex, to openly talk about sex in church and the consequences when it is not in alignment with the word of God. Churches can have one or more safe house where abuse victims can find emergency shelter, or I would say create an environment for them to be comfortable sharing their story. And we should not forget that men can also be victims of abuse. As a church, we can listen and not to be quick to judge or preach to these hurt and abused people. When an abused person shares their story, just listen and be non-judgmental because it takes a lot of courage to come out and be open about the abuse. There should be safety net or support groups for victims. There can be more sermons that openly discuss about the issues of abuse or even workshop for the congregation and community. And if people who went through the abuse, who have, their, who, have, who have the courage to share their story, to share their story, they should share their stories or testimonies in church or these church activities to be able to help, to be able to help victims of abuse who might be going through similar experiences. And there should be ongoing support and follow-up follow up to help the victims of abuse in their healing journey. I boldly share my story to help another victim of abuse stand up to tell their story. 
and stop the abuse. Healing comes only when we focus on God. Thank you. Isolate. I see your suffering. I see the pain beneath that bowl of smile. Come out from hiding. The sun is rising. Let the islands hear reason.